Welcome, welcome to the Hard Skills Podcast and show with me, Dr. Mira Bronku. I work with leaders in healthcare, research, STEM, and other technical fields who recognize that developing yourself and your teams and creating a healthy, inclusive workplace environment will help you retain the best people doing the highest level work. In other words, developing the hard skills needed to make a greater impact. If you value evidence-based solutions and are committed to consistent practice, then this is the podcast for you. This season, we're exploring the first stage of my strategic leadership development pathway model, Facing Uncertainty. And today, we're talking with Dr. Karen Edwards about embracing uncertainty, the benefits of leading with ambiguity. Welcome, Karen. And Karen, I think you're on mute. Oh, sorry about that. I was going to (laughs) say, (laughs) sorry, Uh, Mira, I wanted to say thank you and congratulations on the show. Thank you very much. Now, I need to give people some heads up here. This is a crazy day for me today. I am um, on a road trip for several days now with my son, and we're doing college visits. We are um, currently at the University of Richmond in Virginia. Hi, University of Richmond. (laughs) I am in my car right now. Thank goodness for virtual backgrounds um, if you're watching this live. So I am in my car. I did lose connection for a split second there and I freaked out, but Karen is absolutely 100% prepared to take this over today if anything happens to me. (laughs) So speaking of leading with uncertainty, that's me today. Um, I, you know, was hoping uh, with all cross fingers that this would work out and not knowing, completely uncertain, unsure that this would work out, but I was willing to try because... I have had enough reps um, leading in, you know, leaning into uncertainty that I was sort of like, okay, I have, I'm prepared. I have some backups. Now, um, I was, um, this actually, this focus today, benefits of leaning into uncertainty and leading with uncertainty came from my personal trainer, Kevin Burnett of Fit Carbro. Hi, Kevin. During one of our breaks between sets, I swear I wasn't like, just like, trying to get away with not working out here. But I was making chit chat. I was asking him about what he'd be interested in learning about related to this topic. And he's the one who suggested this topic of what about the benefits? Like we've always leaned into talking about the risks, but what about the benefits? There are plenty of benefits from uh, leading through uncertainty. Now he's a different kind of coach than Karen, right? He is a personal trainer for working out. And, um, that's different from an executive coach that helps us um, help leaders um, function at the highest level, but it's all about performing at the highest levels, right? So I think all coaches are interested in that topic. We use different kinds of coaches to help us get to different places that we haven't been able to figure out how to get to yet. Like for me, right, when I um, sought out my personal trainer as a coach, I was trying to minimize getting injured when I was working out trying to do it on my own. I was trying to, you know, do different apps for myself at home. I've used Betty Rocker. I don't know if anybody uh, are familiar with Betty Rocker. I used Fitness Blender and Tracy Anderson and Bayi by Simone and Peloton. And they're all really great. And by the way, if any of them want to sponsor me, let me know. <laughs> but seriously, um, I have a tendency to overdo it as a high achiever. I have a tendency to overdo it. And because my body is getting a little bit older, now. And um, I think I'm much younger than I actually am body wise. I keep landing myself in physical therapy. And so my physical therapist 
wanted me to strengthen certain things. And so I decided to add to physical therapy, a personal trainer, a coach, because one of the things was like doing a pull-up, okay? Doing a pull-up I've been trying to do for a year and it's totally nebulous to me. I've tried and tried and tried and tried. Um, And no matter what I did, I just couldn't get there. And so again, when we see coaches, it's about how to get from where we are after we've tried a lot of different times to get to that next level without getting injured, whether that's psychologically, emotionally, or physically, right? Um, And sometimes you need to think about, should I seek out an expert? And that's how I landed with that investment that I made. Now, that's a very simple example. But as a past leader, I faced some really stressful and scary unknowns. Like when I was tapped to serve as an interim director of a center that was going through um, ridiculous turmoil, it was described as a toxic and hostile work environment. That was serious facing uncertainty, right? Not only did I figure out how to navigate a situation in which it was not clear what I was walking into, there were initial steps I had to take. Like, do I even go into this opportunity with all of these unknowns, right? Can I manage uh, making this travel in and out constantly every single week with two young kids at home, right? Three and six. And if so, how? So there were many risks for sure. And people tend to focus on all of those risks, right? But I will never forget what one mentor said to me about this scary unknown. And that is, Mira, this experience will change the course of your career. You won't know how, but it will. And he was right. There were benefits that I personally could not see, could not imagine in front of me because I was focused on the scary instead Mm -hmm. of the potential benefit, right? So that's what I want to talk with you, Karen, today. So um, for those of you listening and or watching right now, I don't want you to do this passively. I want you to reflect deeply on what Karen has to say. Take notes, identify at least one small step that you want to take after this to develop your hard skills muscle. Okay. So Karen, Karen is an executive and leadership coach. She's a speaker. She's a facilitator. And she was previously a senior leader across many different industries. And she has a PhD in industrial and organizational psychology and a certified professional and executive coach. And she empowers executives and leaders with an evidence-based approach to shape their futures. She and I know each other um, because we were among a small cohort accepted into this exclusive forefront program among hundreds of applicants um, to learn from the renowned thought leader, Marshall Goldsmith, and top coaches in his 100 Coaches Agency. But I invited her to speak specifically because as an IO psychologist who also served in a senior leadership role, she has expertise from two perspectives. First, from her perspective of navigating as a leader and from the perspective of using psychological principles of behavior and organizational change. And so um, I'm really curious, Karen, to learn more from you um, from both of those perspectives So um, one of the things that like she and I were talking about when we entered this is um, she said to me, given that it's not an option to avoid an ambiguity, what if we explained how embracing ambiguity could be the key to unlocking potential and achieving unprecedented success in your professional journey? I was like, oh, yes, (laughs) this is going to be meaty. So welcome, Karen. Glad to have you on the show. 
Yeah, I really appreciate it. I'm excited to be here today. And because I, I am very much into evidence-based approaches, we're actually going to talk today a lot about the brain and how we physically respond to this certainty of uncertainty, because there's no escaping it. You, know, you just yeah. you just were talking about your own uh, driving up and hoping everything would work out. And the, and the reason that you're able to do that is because you've had enough evidence in the past uh, through different experiences that you've had that you can do it. And so it forces us into a place where the brain is comfortable with that. So we're going to talk uh, a lot about that today, but just a little bit um, about me and my experience with uncertainty. Yeah. Yeah. I've taken some big leaps in my career, especially in the past couple of years. And like you, I sought the expertise of a coach. So Julianne Weiss, I'll give her a shout out, um, was my was my coach. And uh, she helped me realize that uh, I had the potential to do more. And, um, but that wasn't the only thing that happened, right? Through that whole process, I, I was terrified, right? To, to start my own company. There were so many fears around what would happen and, and all this sort of negative energy that was going on within me. Um, and what I um, learned through that process was that, uh, or got curious about, I guess I should say, is, you know, it all worked out. Um, at the end of the day, everything worked out. And so I wondered, why do we have to go through this period of uncertainty? Why do we have to go through the stress of all of this? If at the end of the day, the probability and the odds are in our favor. So I started getting curious around that side of it and started doing some research. And then when you asked me to um, come present, I was like, oh, perfect. This is going to be a great opportunity to to share that information. Oh, that you know, that's so interesting. Um that so many of us think about the probability is more likely that we'll fail, but um, actually that's not necessarily the case as, you know, as, as, as you're sort of sharing that, can you, um, you know, so you shared like this one most recent formative moment in your um, life. Are there other formative moments um, that where you felt uncertainty um, and found a benefit when you just, sort of tried? Absolutely. You know, I think um, throughout uh, lots of different challenges, I think whenever, like you said, being a, a person who aims high, uh, I think there's lots of different experiences from education, right? So when I went through my PhD program, that is not for the faint of heart. Um, there's a lot of uncertainty around getting through the dissertation process and just a lot of different uh, balls that you have to manage in the air at one time. And there was a time period where I thought I'm just going to be a what they call an all but dissertation <laughs> student because I, there was just too much uh, involved. And so at the end of the day, again, it, it worked out, but there was a lot of stress. And, you know, the, the essence of uncertainty is stress. And so I want that to sink in a little bit. There, that is really the core of what happens during uncertainty. The brain goes into a state of, of a stress response. And we have to go through that period of time, but we can use techniques that we're going to talk about today to help us move through that a little bit fast. Excellent. I'm really looking forward to this because a lot of us think stress is bad and therefore I shouldn't do this. And that's mm -hmm. not necessarily the case. And I'm really interested in hearing what the research says. So um, we're nearing a brief ad break. So we're going to come back after that ad break and learn more about this connection uh, between stress and what the brain does and leaning into uncertainty. You're listening to The Hard Skills with me, Dr. Mira Bronku, and our guest, Dr. Karen Edwards. The Hard Skills airs live every Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern. If you'd like to join us online, 
and ask questions that we're able to answer in real time, please do. Otherwise, you can find us on LinkedIn or YouTube at talkradio.nyc, and we'll be back with our guest in just a moment. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. What really drives success in business? Introducing Intangify, the show that explores the intangible assets that create value and growth. I'm Matthew Asbell, your host and an attorney focused on innovation. Join me Fridays at noon Eastern to discover how innovation, culture, and other intangibles shape driving companies from startups to established businesses. We'll share strategies to unleash your business's true potential. Tune in live on talkradio.nyc Fridays at noon Eastern and Intangify, your business today. Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Welcome back. Uh, we have Dr. Karen Edwards today talking about embracing uncertainty, the benefits of leading with uncertainty. And she was just starting to tell us about how we sort of get um, misguided by our experienced stress when it comes to making decisions around leading with uncertainty. So I would love to hear more from you, Karen, about the, the role that stress plays and what do we do with it? Yeah, I think it's really important for leaders to understand that uh, your body is reacting. And even though we try our best to mask all of those reactions, especially in the workplace, um, it's really not possible. And so if we start to look at uncertainty as an unexpected surprise, um, the problem is biologically, we don't do that. So research tells us that we as humans really resist disorder and we aim to codify systems that sort of limit ambiguity and keep things uh, very focused and very controlled. Um, and when we experience ambiguity and uncertainty, which as we talked about earlier is unavoidable, it takes a lot of mental energy. And so there's this concept and it's a theory called the selfish brain theory, which I, I love the title of. Um, great, but it says that the, <laughs> it does a good title, yeah. <laughs> that the brain actually steals energy, it's a selfish brain, right? So it steals energy from other parts of the body 
in order to process all this really high cognitive function that we get when we go into uncertainty. So all the rumination, all the stress, all the worry, all the overthinking that takes the brain and sucks everything else. So when we feel really exhausted or we get a headache or we get fatigued, um, that's that selfish brain in, in action. So as we talked about earlier, we can't avoid uncertainty. We can only reduce it. Um, and so we we want to really hone in on, you know, what is the brain doing and then what are the techniques for how we can overcome that? Yeah. And what what are the benefits for the brain doing this? What's the brain actually trying to do when it's sucking up all of our energy during this time of uncertainty and stress? I mean, what it's trying to do is process. It's trying to problem solve. So it, it has immense skills for probability and statistical analysis. And so one of the things that is a benefit to all of us, and if we can harness that, we can start to play the odds and start to think about what are the odds that the situation will work out okay? What are the odds that I need to take another step or I need to think about things from a different perspective? Instead of just miring in the stress and ruminating on the past events, we can actually start to harness that power and use it for good. So if you're going to have to expend the energy anyway, which you are, there's no choice. Um, let's take a look at how can we actually use that for something that's going to be helpful to us. Yeah, it, you know, it's it's reminding me of um, that really stressful situation that I shared with you where I had to make a really hard decision about leaning into uncertainty by going to this new center that was, you know, considered, you know, kind of a scary hostile work environment. And I was going to serve in this leadership role. And I remember distinctly that like, I was crying about it. Like I was scared. I was like, I'm not sure. But then at night I was tossing and turning and my brain could not stop thinking about wanting to solve this problem and wanting to be the person leaning in and solving. And I started solving the issue well before I ever made the decision to actually go. But that told me that um, there was something about this situation that said, go do this. You want to do this. You want to lean into this. Is that something um, that is like a telltale sign? Like, what are some of the signs that tell us, um, I know this looks or feels dangerous, but actually this is a good thing to lean into. How do leaders make those decisions or pay attention to those kinds of things? Yeah, absolutely. So so sleeplessness is one of those things, right? All of these things, um, well-being habits, I guess I'll call them. So we are chemical beings. So when we have reactions, there's different chemicals that get released in the body. So cortisol, adrenaline get released others when we have stressful events. And those are the things that keep us up at night and when you can't sleep. And so your brain is trying to constantly problem solve until you find a solution. Because when there's not enough information or where there's no control, that leads to uncertainty. And then uncertainty equals stress. And so the brain, what it's doing is going into these high cognitive functions and these biological and chemical reactions are happening. And so that surprise that we talked about earlier, um, what you can do with that is to use that time that you're up <laughs> to, um, to organize your thoughts, right? To not sit and toss and turn in bed, but to actually take action and leverage that time that you have. Um, but you, the, the challenge here is, Mira, is we don't want to be in a constant state of stress, right? We, we do have to resolve um, uncertainty to a point at which we, those stress levels can come back down because having that high state of stress over a long period of time is is unhealthy. Yeah, absolutely. And so um, what are the kinds of things that would help us organize our thoughts in a way that leans into uh, better outcomes 
um, when the brain is spinning. And I'm thinking like, there's probably like some optimal type or, you know, way that we organize our thoughts, because sometimes like, we, we fool ourselves into thinking that we are being, you know, um, thoughtful and more prepared when we end up ruminating and overthinking and spinning, which is not actually helpful. So um, how, how does one sort of capitalize on using the benefits, the, the good side of organizing and not leaning into just letting the brain ruminate and overthink and overworry? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's not a fun place to be. And so there's, <laughs> there's, three, there's three things. One is instead of calling it all those things that you just said, let's, call, let's bundle all that and call that attention. So we get signals and we need to pay attention to those signals. And so, for example, if you've ever been woken up in the middle of the night by a strange noise, I'm pretty sure everybody has, you know what that attention mechanism is. You go from normal levels of attention to hypervigilance. And so when you go into that state at work, when your boss says, hey, Mira, do you have a moment? And all of a sudden your your heart starts racing and you're thinking this is not going to be good. Um, this is going to be a terrible conversation, (laughs) right? (laughs) Yeah. Because in the past, somewhere along the past, we learned that that when someone says that it's not going to be a good result. Mm -hmm. Um, and so learning is the second step. So we're recalling memories. We're challenging ourselves to say, is that true? What else could also be true about my boss wanting to talk to me? Maybe I'm getting a raise. Maybe I'm getting a promotion. Um, maybe there's something good that's going on. And so just as we, settle our mind with, oh, that's just the wind. We need to be able to settle our mind with what have, what other learnings have we had in the past that we could leverage and use in this situation where we're starting to feel a little uneasy. Yeah. Oh, sorry. So so yeah, let me just sort of condense. So um, understanding and thinking back to past experience where you've had like positive experiences with it. Is that right? Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When, When have things gone right? As opposed to thinking about all the terrible outcomes that could happen, um, take take a second, right? Pay attention to those feelings that you're having because negative feelings are not bad. They they should be listened to just as much as the positive feelings that we have. Um, but how can I leverage and look at something from a different point of view? Got it. And then the third piece, which is actually the most exciting one to me, is is that our brain actually does predictive coding. And this is actually a theoretical framework of how the brain processes and represents itself in the face of uncertainty. And what it really does is it helps us discern what information do I need to pay attention to and what information can I let go? Because it takes those two things from the, we just talked about attention and what have I learned from the past? And from that, I'm going to predict what might happen down the road. Uh, That one is really interesting. And I find it tricky because Sometimes we pay so much attention to the negative things that have happened uh, when we take a risk that we completely overlook all of the positive things. So how do we train our brain to predict correctly um, instead of to revert to the danger, the, you know, like um, often our amygdala and our hypothalamus store all of this um, memory and triggers around what went wrong. So we don't do it again. It's a very great protective mechanism until it gets in our way. Right. So is there a way to train the brain to focus, to like improve its predictability mechanism? 
Yeah, absolutely. I think part of it, you know, when I do coaching, towards the end of a coaching conversation, one of the steps that we take is we talk about predicting. Well, what are the things that could go well with this uh, solution that you've come up with? What's your plan B? Um, what, what are you going to do if something that comes out of the blue that you don't expect? And so rather than reacting to things that come up, you know, we take that proactive step to think through all of that ahead of time. And that automatically helps the brain feel in control and feel organized as opposed to disorganized. And that's when it, we wreak havoc on ourselves and go into all those, those hyper stress responses. Yeah, I, I love um, that. Um, that in just it's such it's such a small intervention in coaching, and yet it could really help you train and to to sort of create a habit around thinking what could go well and what's plan B or C instead of you know sometimes it's actually the um the optimists <laughs> that end up being disappointed because they haven't planned for B and C and D because they think everything will just go just fine. And, <laughs> you know, um, and so sometimes, you know, it's, it's the planners. It reminds me of my, um, my daughter who has been going out for volleyball club and um, she has now been disappointed several times uh, from, from several of the tryouts and at first I was really worried about her because she'd go into this deep, dark hole and not emerge out of her room. And what does this mean? And, you know, is she sort of letting her rumination override her thinking? But I see her working through it and I see her going into plan B, then plan C, then plan D. And I think this is her practicing developing this sort of predictive brain thing, this, this, um, let me try something else. Let me rethink this. Let me is, does that sort of match how you're thinking about it? Yeah, she's coding. She's coding her brain to mm -hmm. come up with um, alternate routes, right? So the neuroplasticity and like, she's young, so she has a lot, a lot of it, <laughs> um, but she's coding uh, different routes that she can take. And that's a great skill to develop over time because if we get too set in one pathway, you're right. And we think this, this pathway is going to be the only pathway. That's when disappointment comes up. And these are actually called prediction errors in, in, the, uh, in the theory. And they stress us out when we, when we predict incorrectly. Um, you know, if I predict that my boss is happy with me and then I get a ne negative feedback, um, that's, a, that's a prediction error. And that sends us into a bit of a tailspin. Absolutely. Okay. So we are nearing another break. But I really want to keep going with this sort of prediction error and how to sort of channel our brain to be thinking and optimizing the best way that we can to get the most benefit out of our leaning into certainty. So um, again, as a reminder, you're listening to The Hard Skills with me, Dr. Mira Branco, and our guest, Dr. Karen Edwards. And we air live every Friday at 1 p.m. You can always hop online and ask questions right now that we can answer. Um, otherwise, follow us on LinkedIn and YouTube at Talk Radio NYC. And we'll be back in just a moment. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? 
Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome, welcome back. We are here with Dr. Karen Edwards talking about embracing uncertainty, the benefits of leading with and through uncertainty. And we were just talking um, really deeply about how the brain works when, when it's assessing uncertainty, when it's trying to make sense of it, and how to use it best. Karen, can you recap for us sort of those um, three things to think about um, in terms of what the brain is doing when we are facing uncertainty. Absolutely. Yeah. So the brain, first of all, first and foremost is selfish. Um, and so it steals energy from the rest of the body when it is doing heavy cognitive processing. So um, what happens is during uncertainty, stress starts and the brain starts to go, wait a minute, I don't have an answer. I don't have a solution. I don't have a path. And it starts problem solving. And that's a high cognitive function. So it's going to steal all that energy from um, and be selfish. And so that really drains us and it doesn't put us at our optimal. And so the trick is, is how do we calm that part of us down and not stay in that sustained state of stress, but utilize that state of stress while it's there, because we really don't have a choice. And we can do that through some of the things we talk about is where are we putting our attention? How are we focusing our beliefs? And how are we coding our brain and learning from what we've done to use that for the next time so we can get through this period a little bit faster. Excellent. Now, are there times when um, that doesn't work, when it's not beneficial to lean into uncertainty? Hmm. We really need to do, Mary, we need to um, stay out of a persistent state of stress. And so it's really bad for us physically to be constantly under a high state of that type of stress. And there is a good amount of stress. A certain amount of stress motivates us and keeps us moving on things. But, you know, adopting this mindset that uncertainty is a gift and the gift is not knowing. 
that we don't have to have all the answers. We don't have to know everything. We don't have to have all the information. Yes, we need a certain amount to be able to make a good amount of decision making, but to start to really retrain ourselves that working through uncertainty is actually a benefit for us. So there's, there is kind of a, a place of pleasant surprise and curiosity I'm hearing um, as you're describing um, this sort of embracing and enjoying the unknown, right? And um, training our brain to, to be able to do that. Now, um, when it's not good, it sounds like is when we're in a constant state of stress. And I suspect a lot of leaders in very disrupted industries like healthcare and high, you know, and education, which are sort of two of the main industries that I work in, might say, but how how do I um, get out of that? Because we're always in a constant state of stress in these disrupted industries. It feels like chaos. It feels like everything coming at us all the time. Everything is in a state of upheaval. Um, mm-hmm. What would you say to them about um, managing, still finding ways to lean into uncertainty when it makes sense to do so? Yeah, I mean, that's good. Those are great. I mean, I have a lot of empathy. And I think that's the case for a lot of different industries, right? They are uh, constantly barraged with all kinds of different disruptions. And so really, three things come to mind, you know, one, we already sort of touched upon a little bit is, you don't have to know the answer. So increasing our comfort level with there isn't always a right way. Yeah. Um, and developing a tolerance for the complexity of different things that are going on and developing a patience for letting things unfold. Um, that that can really be the best call is to iterate on information and then adapt as opposed to feeling like you have to do something and be, be so urgent with um, a response. Now there's times where that's necessary, but chances are you already have the skills to be able to handle those situations. These are more complex. You know, if the decision was easy, you would have already made it type of uh, situations. Absolutely. I love that because um, that is a higher order skill. That That's a hard skill to be able to learn how to ride the waves of uncertainty and not feel like you always have to be reactive and responding to them. Um, one of my colleagues uh, and I are, are um, putting together a talk um, around what she calls responsive leadership and responsive leadership as opposed to responding is you can be responsive without having to respond to every single thing being thrown your way, right? Without having to be reactive, but really sort of um, lean in with curiosity to um, things that are unclear, things that are nuanced, things that are complicated and um, take a step back and um, find some ways to um, be a little bit more reflective, right? Is that kind of how you're thinking about it as well? Absolutely. I mean, you have to step back and think in this this coding that we've been talking about and the learning that happens is what's important for me to pay attention to? And what can I uh, either have somebody else pay attention to, or I just need to let it wait, let it sit for a little bit, let things percolate. Uh, it's such a fast moving world that we live in that that time has really been evaporated. And so the second benefit, I, I think, Mira for Leaders is to really encourage anticipatory thinking. Mm. The brain is highly skilled at this probability and statistics work, and it helps us make decisions faster. 
Um, so if we can anticipate and, and think about potential challenges, think about potential solutions and help our teams understand those types of skills as well, we can actually make things move faster if we harness and leverage what the brain's doing already. Absolutely. I think about that a lot when it comes to leaders who um, want to do a lot more strategic thinking, but find themselves never being able to find enough time to reflect on what's happening and what it means and put a strategic uh, plan or idea in place. And most leaders feel this way at this point. Most leaders feel like there's too much going on and I don't get to do the very thing that I was hoping to do in my leadership role, which is think strategically, right? And what you're saying is that um, sort of, you know, age old adage, slow down to speed up, right? If you create enough space and time to reflect, to think through and you evaluate like each time, okay, what worked in that situation? What didn't work and why didn't it work and why did it work? And what could we apply next time? The more repetition that happens, the more likely you are to um, know quicker next time. And there's like an efficiency over time with how quickly you can, you know, respond and react to things. Um, And that will actually make you feel much more empowered, which is that that sort of benefit. Is that kind of how you're thinking about it as well? I'm tr- I'm sort of yeah. translating from your language to my language, but I'm thinking about <laughs> <that> it. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. It, it calms everything down too when when you do that, right? If you have a model, if you have a path forward, right? You, your brain starts to go back into a somewhat of a steady state, and it's not using up all this energy for for thinking and problem solving. The other thing that you hit upon, I think, is really important, is the third piece that I wanted to mention is. When, we, when we're leveraging all this, we're talking about the most important things. A lot of times at work, what I hear leaders complaining about sometimes is that uh, people are talking about frivolous things, right? They're not spending the time really talking about um, the strategy or the specific actions. Um, not in all cases, right? But I think it happens enough where um, the, the actual complex issues sometimes get pushed off to the side a little bit because we can focus on the task oriented uh, items. And so um, when we're talking about the most critical issues, we can actually predict and tailor our communication um, through the same process. What you were talking about earlier, that's part of that coding. So we're, we're codifying something that we've learned, something that we've experienced, and we can communicate that out to others and talking about what's most important um, and also being comfortable and leveraging their expertise with not knowing and not having to have all the answers as a leader and leverage the people around you to help with problem solving. Yeah. Um, and that is that is an element of adaptive leadership. You know, um, adaptive leadership is a style of leadership that we need now more than ever. And, um, you know, it's around riding these waves and adapting to the chaos around us and uncertainty and one of the elements is around leveraging the knowledge around you, the people who are closest to the action, the people who are most likely to come up with innovative solutions and realizing that they can help you um, get to that solution instead of you feeling like it's, it all falls on you, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, as a senior leader, you're really a facilitator. You're a facilitator of skills. You're a facilitator of talent. You're a facilitator of work. Um, and so leveraging all of these experts that you have around you um, is is critical. So so that leads me to kind of um, the next level up into this, right? So we've been talking a lot about individual leaders and how they manage 
to lean into uncertainty and embrace it and find the benefits. Now, um, what about the rest of the organization? They've got all these people under them, right? Many of them are supervising other people who might get um, nervous about change, uncomfortable with change and uncertainty. How can leaders help um, communicate the benefits of leaning into uncertainty, communicate these sort of aspects of how to best um, lean into uncertainty in the ways that you've, you've been talking about? What can they do to coach up um, their, their um, direct reports or, or the people in the organization? Yeah, I think as a leader, you know, a couple of things. One is, number one, listening, right? So you want to role model and you want to listen all of these skills and attributes that you want other people to, to project. But you can take back to your team a couple of things that we talked about already. One is, where is their attention going? You know, pay attention to what people are paying attention to. Mm. Pay attention to the conversations and things that they're um, talking about. What are they learning? So even from difficulties, we learn all kinds of things. And then what from that difficulty can we take and apply to the next situation that we have? So I think really that process of coding, even though that's the you know, scientific theoretical framework that we're talking about, it, it applies directly to helping teams form innovative ways to take something they already know, add something novel, and then that moves forward to something different. Yeah, um, that's great. I, I feel like that connects so well to um, continuous improvement processes. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, how do you how do you create a learning organization with continuous improvement? Does that um, sound sort of right when when you're thinking about um, leaning into uncertainty and trying things and being comfortable with with that? Yeah, I mean, there's a, um, I'm going to go super nerd her for a second. There's um, a probability and statistics theory called Bayes rule that says that um, when we update our initial beliefs with new evidence, we obtain novel and improved beliefs. And so if we are constantly challenging our belief systems and organizations call this continuous improvement or Six Sigma or all the things that are change management, um, but we also have to pay attention to the people side. Because without people and helping them work through the emotions of change, we can't really get to the other side of it effectively. Uh, And so we can actually take all of this work from science and all the rules from probability and statistics um, and use them in teams. Love you geeking out, Karen. Okay, so we're going to reach another little ad break. You're listening to the hard skills with me, Dr. Mir Branku, and our guest, Dr. Karen Edwards, who is making this. Um, really strong case for the hard skills truly being based in probability and statistics. You can't get more hard than that, right? <laughs> so uh, please join us right after the break where we'll be back in just a moment. What really drives success in business? Introducing Intangify, the show that explores the intangible assets that create value and growth. I'm Matthew Asbell, your host and an attorney focused on innovation. Join me Fridays at noon Eastern to discover how innovation, culture, and other intangibles shape driving companies from startups to established businesses. We'll share strategies to unleash your business's true potential. Tune in live on talkradio.nyc Fridays at noon Eastern and intangify your business today. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. 
Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome, welcome back, Karen. We have had a lot of really interesting questions come in from Instagram and LinkedIn. And I'm wondering if we could enter a lightning round here with you, where I ask you some of these questions that came in and um, see what you think. And I might add a a couple of thoughts too, but I think this will be fun. What do you think? Yeah, let's go for it. Okay, so um, on Instagram, Lori Welsh of Wanderlust Premier Travel Agency asks, How do you keep people motivated in uncertainty or ambiguity? Yeah, I think it starts with trust, you know, which is built um, one interaction at a time. And so if trust is present, um, that's critical. I would add a couple more things just into the soup mix here, which is really clear communication. And not only about what you can communicate, but what you can't communicate. Because sometimes during uncertainty, leaders are held to different rules of confidentiality. But letting people know that there's certain things that you can't share, but that you will as soon as you're able. Um, And then most importantly, listen with curiosity and try to limit judgment. Those are really great. I will also add from my um, perspective, when I'm getting frustrated, I lean into uncertainty often. And when I'm finding myself getting frustrated or disengaged with my leaders, around this, it's often because I don't have, number one, a clear enough vision for action. And I don't feel like I have enough um, feeling of control or agency to do something about it, that it's sort of prolonged and extended, and there's not much I can do. And it's just like a waiting game. And so I'll add that um, if you can keep people engaged in a way that they feel like they have some agency or control over taking action that um, affects them and a vision, a mission, why we're here, why we're doing this, why this is taking a little bit longer, um, that, that the end result is going to be important. There's, there's um, both a emotional activation and a behavioral activation that helps people get, get, stay engaged. What do you think about that, Karen? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, I think that, um, you know, we have to recognize people, review their results, and make sure that we are giving them visibility as well. Um, I think all of those things together really help people stay motivated. And there's a lot of uncertainty out there all, all the time. And so building that muscle, that resiliency muscle is really important. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. 
LinkedIn, on LinkedIn, Michael Toby, who is a reputation consultant who helps people and organizations with decision-making and communications related to reputation, wondered, how can we best manage our perceptions, emotions, biases, and conclusions to plan and adjust course as we, as we move towards the mission? Now, I feel like you answered a lot of this when you were talking about um, the stress in the brain and, you know, um, that input. And he, he adds, um, how can we seek out feedback from other people's experience, vision, intelligence, and value to create the probability of making sounder decisions? Too often we ignore or dismiss invaluable input. That's a very long question, but I think it gets at some of the things that you were talking about related to probability and emotions. Wondering if you had anything yeah. to add to that. Yeah. So Michael, I would say um, yes, yes, and yes. <laughs> so um, we, we all have biases. And um, the question brings to mind for me a couple of particular ones. One is hindsight bias, which is that past events are perceived as being more predictable than they actually were. Mm. And the other one is sort of this rosy retrospective that the past is more ideal and the future is less optimal. Um, And I think what we can do is, first of all, be aware that those biases exist. And when we're engaging with other people, if we're asking for their ideas or their input, Um, what are the pieces that we plan to take forward and do something with? And which are the ones that potentially maybe we can't do something with, but being really clear um, and appreciative of the ones that we are going to take action on and letting people know why we can't take action on the other ones. So I think it's really just being diligent about that type of communication as well. Yeah, I uh, love the rosy retrospective. I haven't heard that one before, but that's so true. We often look back and we make some determinations about things being better in the past or things, you know, not having worked in the past. And that sort of influences our decision-making, but instead we can be a little bit more proactive about how we communicate. It sounds like what you're saying um, about um, and, and more, yeah. And more clear with, with other people about why you might not be leaning one way or another. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So from LinkedIn uh, also, we have Lisa DeAngelis author and holistic change practitioner. She asks a few questions. Her first question is, what can help people uh, reposition their need for answers to the value of discovering the right questions? Mm -hmm. What can help people reposition their need for answers to the value of discovering the right questions? So I'm interpreting this as the need to be right. So Lisa, Lisa will have to tell us if we're correct or not, but Um, You know, here's where this ties back to what we've been talking about is we all have the need for information. And the way that's one of the ways that we work to reduce the anxiety that comes from ambiguity is information, data, that type of thing. So um, it it helps us feel like we have control. So I remember, you know, I've, I've been through illness in my family. I'm sure you have too. But every time somebody would get a test, right, that piece of data was so important to help us feel a little bit better about what the situation was. Um, but the reframe would be, what would it be like if you gave up that need? Um, and what could we explore and learn if we didn't have to be right? And how might we benefit from that? So yeah. those are some of the things I would challenge us to think about as we sort of, the right question isn't always the best question. Good, good um, thinking about that too. Yeah, that's, that's great. Um, she also asks, are authenticity and ambiguity related to cultivating strong leadership when embracing uncertainty. Is that yeah, important? I think about, 
Yeah, I, I think it's really important. I think um, leaders who demonstrate congruence to me is what's important. So are your words and your actions and your behaviors in alignment? And if they are, people respond to that. Um, you in- instantaneously build trust and credibility. And so I do think that they are related to cultivating a strong leadership skill. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, her her final question, which I think we probably answered, are what are the biggest barriers to embracing uncertainty? So I'll just sum them up here. I think it's a yeah. great question is a loss of a sense of control. Um, the current state is much more attractive because it's predictable and it's known mm. and the future isn't clear. And so that that makes it fuzzy. And that's where all of that uncertainty comes in. And so um, those are some of the biggest barriers is really ourselves is the biggest barrier to embracing uncertainty. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So let's recap. Let's bring it all together. If there's one thing you can re- recommend people try moving forward, what would you like them to take away from, from this talk and try right after this call? Well, so I'm going to, I'm going to expand on that mirror. Just there's, I think there's three things that we can do. Okay. So one I'll is we can three. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Thank you. I was like, Oh no, I got to pick one. Um, I think we have to notice the um, the riptide of emotion that comes in when and observe it and explore it like a scientist, as opposed to being wrapped up in it and tumbling around in the in the sand. And, um, you know, that's not a fun experience. And so treating it like something that we can sit back and observe. So notice that second is harness that energy. The brain is going to work diligently to keep predicting what's going to happen next. And that's good in some ways, but it can be incredibly limiting in other ways. And so Take that energy that the brain is zapping from you and see if you can get comfortable with building that muscle of not having to have all the answers and not knowing everything that's going to happen and be supportive of letting things unfold with some self-compassion as well. And then the third one I would say is look at the novelty that comes from uncertainty as that gift. It might come in a little bit of a wonky package sometimes, but on the other side of uncertainty, there's just really a huge opportunity for something novel and something um, added on to something that you already know that's going to make it even better. And, and the future then um, is better than where we are today. Love that. That that um, don't throw out that that messed up uh, Amazon box that came on your doorstep. <laughs> there might be something great in there. <laughs> Absolutely. If, if people want to learn more about your work, where can they go? Where can they find you? Yeah. So a bloom coaching is my website. So it's a B L O O M coaching.com. And then on LinkedIn, it's Dr. Karen Edwards. Karen with a Y is where you can find me there. Excellent. Thank you so much, Karen. What did you audience take away today? And more importantly, what's one small change that you can implement this week based on what you learned from Karen, share it with us on LinkedIn so we can cheer you on. I uh, loved our episode today. It was fantastic. I was eating it up. Next Friday, August 25th, we're going to talk with Dan Alcalde. He's a seasoned agile coach. And we're going to be talking about why long-term planning won't help you lead through uncertainty. So that is going to be really interesting. Remember, this is a radio show and podcast. While yes, I am a clinical psychologist and we are organizational psychologists and coaches, we are not your clinical or organizational psychologists or coaches. None of what we have discussed should be taken as legal, medical, or mental health or other professional advice. If you want professional support from Karen, she shared how to do it, how to check her out at a Bloom Coaching. 
And um, if you'd like to reach out to me, it's gotowerscope.com. And you can uh, submit a request for free initial assessment to meet with me. Thank you for listening to talkradio.nyc. And um, wherever you are, have a great rest of your day. And thank you for tuning in. Take care, everybody. business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. What really drives success in business? Introducing Intangify, the show that explores the intangible assets that create value and growth. I'm Matthew Asbell, your host and an attorney focused on innovation. Join me Fridays at noon Eastern to discover how innovation, culture, and other intangibles shape driving companies from startups to established businesses. We'll share strategies to unleash your business's true potential. Tune in live on talkradio.nyc Fridays at noon Eastern and Intangify, your business today. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower.